I'm Tim Kittrow, and you're tuned in to the Important Nonsense Podcast with Steve Bonham. Attention, Alan Hearn's mom. His knee is better. <laughs> you can stop worrying. Neil Smith. Even with the concussion, as long as he's cleared, probably don't have a better option. Jack Kavanaugh. Raheem Mostair, as I would like to call him. And Jason Draven. Nah, man. Just let's watch some football. Boom shakalaka. Welcome into the Important Nonsense Podcast, Week 13 Recap Edition. We are mere days away from the start of the fantasy football playoffs, and it is a bittersweet feeling as we draw closer to the end of the season. However, now we will focus on the sweet rather than the bitter. And on that note, please welcome in the always sweet, the never sour, the man with the dynasty power. It's at Dynasty PhD, Dr. John Chancy. John, how's it going as we close out yet another glorious week of NFL action? Yo, 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 it is I, Dr. Dynasty. And with an intro like that from, from Jack, I'm just feeling pumped up and feeling great. Thank you for that. Last week, just a quick note, we had the return of Iron Mike Tyson. This week, it was the return of Sting. And only the real ones out there will know what I'm talking about. So I feel like I'm I'm just 10 years old all over again. My Sooners, they won uh, against Baylor yesterday. They're in the Big 12 title. On top of that, we had an amazing slate of games to cover this week. And I'm not going to spoil anything just yet. But there were a lot of really close games with huge playoff, fantasy, draft implications all over the place and i really can't wait to break this down with you guys today so let's do it wow sounds like a great weekend for john so why don't you go ahead make his weekend even better follow him on twitter at dynasty phd and on instagram at scouser underscore from underscore okc but as always we are going to double down on the suite as we welcome in the third member of our three-man weave, the IDP Dynamo, the IDP MVP, the always amazing at the real NWB, Nee Wallace Bruce. Nee, how are we feeling as we start our playoff journey? Thanks, Jack. I'm feeling pretty good, uh, to be honest. And for the first time in history, the fantasy season is going to be decided on a Tuesday night. Seedings will be finished up with the Ravens running into the Cowboys. You must love that, Jack. Imagine throwing a dart on Des Bryant and him getting to the postseason based on that revenge narrative. Hashtag revenge narrative. If ever there was a prop bet on celebrations in the NFL, I'd be putting money on Des Bryant to do something at the Lone Star at midfield if he scored a touchdown this week. It is an intriguing matchup, no doubt. In on the prop bet, not in on counting on Des Bryant to carry me to the fantasy playoffs. Don't love that. Only guy I'm trusted in that game is J.K. Dobbins. But anyways, enough about that. Be sure to follow me on Instagram at the Real NWB for all the goods, and be sure to follow along with all the beautiful work the three of us and the rest of the important nonsensers are putting up on the daily over at importantnonsense.com and on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook at nonsenseff enough about us it's time to get down to the nitty-gritty of all the week 13 action we will kick things off with Taysom, the scrambling tight end as he and the new orleans saints face off with their bitter rivals the atlanta falcons i'm starting to realize you probably will never see drew Brees carve the falcons like a turkey ever again because he's not coming back next week falcons aren't making the playoffs so 
What a sad thing to realize. Happier note, though, we saw Taysom Hill throw his first career touchdown pass, shocking, I know, to Traquan Smith as the Saints took down the Falcons 21-16. Traquan gets three grabs for 42 with that score. And then Taysom tosses a second touchdown to Jared Cook. He ends up with 28 yards on three grabs. Taysom ends up completing 73% of his 37 attempts, throws for 232 yards, and then runs for 83 yards as well. Taysom Hill might really be the future in New Orleans, and he really might be the next Steve Young, like Sean Payton said. Who knows? But thankfully, with him balling out in this one, we got to see the Saints' mega stars ball as well. Looks like they're in good hands for the future. Michael Thomas, no touchdown from him, sadly enough, but he does get 105 yards on nine grabs. And as for the other megastar, Alvin Kamara, 17 touches, two of them receptions, 99 yards, and a rushing TD. AK is back. Latavius Murray, he's relegated to just 16 yards on seven touches. This win puts the Saints at 10-2, and two, and they're now in first place of the NFC South as well as the, you know, the NFC overall. If we're looking at their schedule, they have the Eagles, who we'll talk about later, who now appear to be in a tailspin. They have the Chiefs, the Vikings, and Panthers to close out the season. That game against the Chiefs could be a potential Super Bowl preview, which will be a lot of fun. Uh, and the Saints still have the Packers and Seahawks, maybe not so much the Seahawks after today, nipping at their heels. So this actually is a good thing, I think, for fantasy purposes. Yeah, the Saints are in good position, but if the Packers are, you know, keep coming at them in terms of uh, best record, uh, it'll be it'll force the Saints to keep playing their fantasy relevant players throughout the throughout the rest of the season. So just something to keep your eye on uh, as as the season goes on. And with the Saints, make sure we are keeping an eye on the news. You never know when Drew Brees is going to come back. Not a clue there. But as for the Falcons, they had a fine game. You know, Matt Ryan, he throws for 273 yards. He gets a touchdown. That went to Russell Gage. Gage goes for four and four grabs, 51 yards, and the touchdown. The dynamic duo, they don't score, but Calvin Ridley, he goes for 108 on five grabs. Julio, 94 on six receptions. They're totally going to run this back next year with this group, with Raheem Morris, but don't expect to see Todd Gurley back with them. You could see him struggling with the knee at times on the sideline. He ends the day with only nine touches, only 20 yards. He lost work to Brian Hill. He gets five touches for 18 yards. And to Ito Smith, who gets nine touches for 34 yards. And I think dynasty players really should keep an eye on for the rest of this season, keep an eye on the snap count and the distribution of touches between uh, Hill and Smith going forward, because I think you're right, Jack. Uh, for one, I don't think Gurley is, he's not coming back. The Falcons just can't afford him. Uh, chances are they will probably roll with some kind of committee approach next season with Hill and Smith. Um, and I really think you can probably pick one of those two or both off of waivers still and stash them for next season if you're in a dynasty league. I would recommend Smith over Hill at this point. Uh, but the Falcons, of course, could just end up drafting another running back uh, and go younger, which would totally muddy this backfield up even further. But um, my bet would be on Smith right now. Yes, indeed. Edo Smith can help you to the, go deep in the playoffs and could even help you to win a title. Another guy that could help you is the IDP MVP for this game, defensive end from the Falcons, Stephen Means. Now, this is a name you may not have heard before. He's he's come up through the ranks, and he's he's basically the starter now. Now that guys like Takaris McKinley are out of town, Means is stepping up, and he means business. He had three total tackles today, two sacks, one forced fumble, 
two quarterback hits and a tackle for loss. So if you're hurting at defensive end, which is a it's a scarce position in fantasy, he's a name to consider. In our next game, I called it on the Friday show that we are going to have a sneaky shootout on our hands in Minnesota as Daddy Longneck, Mike Glennon, and the Jacksonville Jaguars headed to Minnesota to take on Daddy Kirk and the Vikings. And it did not disappoint. Jaguars take the Vikings to overtime, ultimately fall 27-24. to Minnesota's playoff hopes still alive. Yeah, strange enough, the Vikings are right back in the playoff picture, and they looked dead in the water about a month ago. Uh, you know, unfortunately, we're going to have to talk about the Jets later, but there was this sort of brief moment where the Jets had the lead over the Raiders, and the Jags were losing to Minnesota, and I just had these visions of Trevor Lawrence in Jacksonville, lighting it up with all these playmakers. And in this vision, I could see him palling around with Tony Khan, and he was he was on the sidelines at AEW Dynamite tapings, and he was just everywhere in Jacksonville. But then again, I had to snap back to reality, and so did the Jags. Uh, they'll probably get Justin Fields or some, and they might, or they might talk themselves into taking Kyle Trask, which isn't necessarily a bad uh, consolation prize. But man, just for a moment, things were looking really cool there. Oh, watch out, watch out, watch out. It's Trevor Lawrence with the steel chair. Oh, no, just kidding. It is Justin Fields. Totally going to be the quarterback next year for them. But if Mike Glennon can put up 280 yards with these weapons, imagine what Fields can do in this offense. So Glennon, only one touchdown pass. That goes to LaVisca Chenault on the first drive. Should have been picked. Deflected off the shoulder. It was weird as heck. Visca gets the score. You got to love that. Chenault, just three for 38 and the touchdown on the day. DJ Chark, he only gets two grabs for 41 yards. Instead, we see Glennon lock in on Colin Johnson once again, as well as locking in on Tyler Eifert as well. Four grabs for 66 from Johnson, six grabs for 45 from Eifert. But don't worry, James Robinson, of course, got his. 24 touches, including six catches, 108 yards, rushing score as well. This team is going to be so fun in 2021. Vikings, though, not necessarily fun on the day. Do get the win, however. Dalvin Cook, a whopping 38 touches, six of them receptions, ends up with 179 yards from scrimmage. Unfortunately, no scores from him, though. That's pretty shocking. All three of the Vikings' touchdowns came from the arm of Kirk Cousins. He gets 305 yards and a pick as well. Of course, this means Adam Thielen scored. He's now at 12 TDs on the year. He gets eight receptions for 75 yards. But Justin Jefferson continues to establish himself as the alpha in the passing game. Nine grabs, 121 yards, and a score with an excellent gritty to celebrate. And CJ Ham, the fullback, he gets the other TD, 12-yard reception. Cal Rudolph with a goose egg, though, which... Jason and Jordan once again called on the Friday show. They have a weird knack for nailing Kyle Rudolph's stat line. It's weird. Yes, I guess you can say Rudolph, the Reznos tight end. A tough day for him, um, but the Vikings get the win in overtime. The IDP MVP for this game is linebacker from the Jaguars, Joe Schobert. Wait for it. He filled up every single row in the box score today. He had 12 total tackles, one tackle for loss, one sack. One interception, which he returned for 43 yards and a touchdown. Two quarterback hits, two passes defended, and a touchdown. As I mentioned, so he had a very big day, Mr. Schroeder.
cast off from the Browns. I'm sure they're missing him right now, even though the Browns in them, their own right are doing quite well. But we'll go to the NFC North instead of the AFC North. Mitchell Trubisky ends a four-game streak of throwing three touchdown passes against the Lions, and the Lions erase a 10-point deficit entering the fourth quarter, win the game 34-30. to The first game of the post-Patricia era ends in a W, and we see the return of gunslinging Matt Stafford as well. Complete 64.2% of his 42 attempts, 402 yards, three touchdowns. Does have an interception. It's Matt Stafford, but hey, what do you know? Heading into the game, Lions wave their 27-year-old deep threat Marvin Hall because they wanted to get their younger guys involved, and then they proceeded to start Marvin Jones, Danny Amendola, and Mohamed Sanu. They're a combined 96-year-olds old. That's disgusting, but you know what? It did pay off in the end. Marvin Jones comes up with eight grabs for 116 yards, gets a touchdown as well. Then next big thing, TJ Hawkinson comes up with seven grabs for 86 yards. I truly believe he will be in that top tier of that tight end with Kelsey and Kittle and Waller coming up. Unfortunately, he does get robbed of the touchdown by the back tight end, Jesse James. He catches a nine-yard reception, his only grab of the day. And the third TD goes to rookie Quintez Cephas. So Lions at least did get the youngster involved. Cephas gets 63 yards and the score on two grabs. Danny Amendola, three for 62. And Mohamed Sanu catches two for 36. But don't worry, third and Adrian Peterson. DeAndre Swift out. He gets his 16 carries. Only 57 yards, but once again, two touchdowns from AP. on Johnson fully rele relegated. Just five touches, 11 yards. Not a bad day by any means from Mitchell Trubisky. I'll give him that. He does complete 76.5% of his 34 attempts, 267 yards, only one touchdown, but that is because the Bears had three rushing scores. David Montgomery, he balls out, finds the end zone twice, 111 yards on 21 touches. Four of them are receptions. And then Cordero Patterson, the running back, gets in the end zone as well. 10 rushes, 59 yards. Great day from the backfield duo. Only one receiving touchdown, though, unfortunately. Goes to Cole Komet. He has five grabs for 37 yards and the score. So it looks like he's fully replaced Jimmy Grandpa. He gets a goose egg on just one target. Allen Robinson, you know, you want him to get the touchdown. Sucks he didn't, but he still gets 75 yards on six grabs. And then the wide receiver two jobs kind of split between Anthony Miller and Darnell Mooney. Miller, five for 56. Mooney, four for 30, 43. Yeah, I actually think the Bears were lucky that they they lost this game, which is weird to say, because another win for them would have just been fool's gold. You know, the Bears would still be in the playoff hunt, really despite having no chance of making any kind of run. I mean, this team just, they stink at quarterback. Uh, Foles isn't the answer, and obviously MVP Mitch is not the answer either. Uh, they have to be in the market, I think, for a quarterback this offseason. And I think because they finally have a first-round quarterback after giving up two for Khalil Mack, uh, this is supposed to be a loaded quarterback draft class, and so the Bears will probably be picking somewhere between you know 8 and 15, maybe depending on where things end up. Um, and I could really see them making a full-scale change uh, at their coaching staff as well as their quarterback because uh, Matt Nagy doesn't appear to have any answers and they don't appear to have a quarterback on their roster. Not exactly a good recipe for uh, success. Yes, indeed. And there could be a front office change as well, given that Ryan Pace drafted Mitch Trubisky and he is uh, a Matt Nagy guy. So um, there could be whole-scale changes in the Windy City this winter. One thing that wasn't changing today was the power of defensive end slash defensive tackle Bilal Nichols. The Bears um, frontliner had a big game today and he's IDP MVP. He had four total tackles, one tackle for loss, one sack, 
one interception, a quarterback hit, and a pass defended. So in some formats, Nichols is noted as defensive tackle. If so, definitely pick him up. In other leagues, his defensive end. If so, proceed with caution. But today he had a very good game. And there are rumors around the Twitter sphere that there could be some changes coming in Chicago Monday afternoon. So keep an eye on that. But in our next game, if you had told me heading into the season that these two teams would have been in the thick of the playoff hunt, I'd have believed you. And that might not have been true, but they played like it. You just can't beat a rivalry game as the Colts get the 26 to 20 W over the Houston Texans. And this is a huge win for the Colts now with Tennessee losing, who we'll talk about later. The Colts are now in first place of the AFC South. They play the Raiders, which I think could end up being a loser leaves town match. They get the Texans again, the Steelers and the Jags. Right now, just off the top of my head, that kind of feels like two and two, three and one. Uh, But they're going to need all the wins they can get at this point with the division race being so tight uh, this late. And so Phillip Rivers carves up the Texan Civ defense for 285 yards, gets two TDs as well. And T.Y. Hilton comes up with the back-to-back stealth performances once again, owning the Texans this time for 110 yards and a touchdown on eight grabs. Rivers really, though, he can't support two passing game options, unfortunately. Pittman just two grabs for 56 yards. Mo Cox three grabs for 23 yards. Jack Doyle, one for 12. Trey Burton, one for 11. Just kind of a mess at pass catcher outside of Hilton. But what's really exciting for the Colts is who that second TD pass went to. That one was a 30-plus yarder to Jonathan. Touchdown, Taylor. As the rookie proves that he is not a bust, 135 yards on just 16 touches, including catching all three of his targets. So as our boss, Steve Bottom says, If your knock on Jonathan Taylor entering the NFL was that he couldn't catch, you are just objectively wrong. There's, there's, it's proven. We've already settled that argument. He is ready to become an elite running back in the NFL. Book it for 2021. JTT is going to dominate. And of course, I suppose I should mention Naheem Hines. He gets a rushing score and 32 yards as well. Three grabs. Things weren't so fun for the Texans, though. I'm, I'm sorry for Steve. They already lost Will Fuller to the suspension. They lost Randall Cobb to IR. They cut Kenny Stills. Brandon Cooks gets banged up during the game with an ankle injury. He does return. Watson still throws for 341 yards. No passing TDs. Instead, he gets a rushing score and 30 yards. Does throw a pick as well. So Cooks comes back eventually. He has a day with five grabs, 65 yards. But instead, we see Kiki Kuti erupt for 141 yards on eight grabs. And somebody called Chad Henson? He gets 101 yards on five grabs. Deshaun Watson is just that good. He can ball out with anyone. Unfortunately, our shot call on the Friday show, Jordan Aikens complete dud. Two grabs for just 10 yards. And David Johnson makes his return as well in this one. This time the Texans were down for the entire game though. So he only gets 10 carries, only 44 yards. But thanks to a touchdown on the ground, he is saved in fantasy. Poor, poor Texans. But, uh, like uh, Ricky from Trailer Park Boys would say, you know, one man's garbage is another man's ungarbage. Uh, and so for every Texans loss, that's really just a win for the Miami Dolphins, who happen to have the Texans' first and second round draft picks for 2021. So uh, I'm sure everyone in Miami and South Beach has got to be loving these these Texan losses right now. I know our boss isn't, but other, other elsewhere people are happy. 
<laughs> yes, indeed. The, I always forget that Mami has that first round pick and the second round pick. So, <laughs> they're going to be loving life on draft day next year. Anyway, um, want to talk about Kiki Kuti for a second. Because remember, there's no Will Fuller because the PED suspension. He also is going to miss the first week or two of next season, depending on how the Texans go. There's no Randall Cobb. He's on IR for a little bit. So he's out of the picture. And Brandon Cooks left the game with what was looking like an ankle injury. He was also assessed for a concussion. This is a guy who's had three or four serious concussion in injuries. So we could be looking at a situation where Kiki Kuti is the number one wide receiver all of a sudden in Houston within the space of a week. He's going to be very, very useful in the fancy playoffs. Remember that name, Kiki Kuti, in your waivers this week. Anyway. IDP MVP is a name that we know very well. It's defensive end J.J. Watt. He had six total tackles, four tackles for loss, one sack, and one quarterback hit. And he's the guy that got um, B.O.B. fired. So he had a big day, and the Houston Texans, they're going to get better in time. Uh, I just feel so bad for J.J. Watt, and I feel so bad for our boss at Nonsense underscore Steve because he is a Texans fan. So let's kick it to him and a word from our sponsors. And we are back with a battle between the two of the best pure rushers in the NFL, Derek Henry and Nick Chubb, Browns versus Titans. And instead, the day ends up being all about Baker Mayfield. Browns were up 38-7 to at halftime on the back of four first half touchdown passes from Mayfield. I couldn't believe it. Final score, 41 to 35. They almost blow it, but the Browns come up big with a statement win. Can I get a boomer sooner? Boomer freaking sooner, baby. What a day. Baker took some legal action against the Titans today in the form of a 75-yard TD bomb to the law firm that is Donovan Peoples-Jones. Uh, Baker was on a warpath today with his four TD strikes. And I really think after a game like this, and actually a stretch of games uh, with Baker being more comfortable in this offense, I really am going to have to reevaluate my dynasty rankings for Baker. I, I've been dropping him kind of all year, uh, you know, because of just how slow it lived. It felt like he was clicking with the offense and turning the ball over at times, but now it seems like things are clicking uh, and he's getting hot at the right time for fantasy purposes and for the playoffs. I mean, the, the Browns are, it's a huge win. They've got nine wins now. Uh, they obviously can't win the AFC North, but it kind of feels like they have a light schedule down the stretch and should make the playoffs. They have the Ravens who are reeling right now, the Giants, the Jets, and the Steelers who could be resting their starters in week 17. So look out, the Browns could be uh, sneaky and uh, sneaking into the playoffs really hot at the right time. The Browns are back. And honestly, one of the things I'm happy to see is the fact that we won't be talking about those memes comparing Baker's numbers to Dak Prescott, who hasn't played since week five. In case you missed it, Dak Prescott had thrown more touchdowns than Baker before this matchup. Oh, that is sad. But making the playoffs for the first time in forever would be so, so happy for the Browns. Truly a sign that 2020 might be the end of the world, though. So I don't know. Anyways, Baker ends the day with 334 yards, four touchdowns. Does lose a fumble because we can't be too perfect. But Baker was truly wheeling and dealing. Rashard Higgins goes 695 and a touchdown. 
Donovan Peoples-Jones, two grabs, 92 yards, and a touchdown, as John mentioned already. Jarvis Landry, eight grabs, 62 and a touchdown. Final TD goes to backup offensive tackle Kendall Lamb for the one-yard score. The only player who really didn't eat Austin Hooper, he gets two grabs for 24 yards. It was him. And then Kareem Hunt, he also kind of struggles too. 17 touches, three of which were grabs, just 57 yards though. Instead, it is Nick Chubb dominating as always. 80 yards and a score on 18 carries. Gets a one reception for 26 yards. So he gets 106 yards from scrimmage on the day. So Nicholas Chubb, very accurate last name for how his play makes me feel. Unfortunately, can't say the same about Derrick Henry today. A not-so-nice 69 yards on 16 touches. With the Browns dominating the first half, that meant Ryan Tannehill had to sling it. Ends today with 389 yards, three TD passes, does have an interception as well. But pretty much all of his production goes to Corey freaking Davis. I don't know how. 11 grabs, 182 yards, and a score. And it's not that A.J. Brown had a bad day. Four grabs for 87 yards, but he fumbled on the one-yard line. McColl Pruitt gets the scoop and score touchdown. And that's Pruitt's second touchdown of the day. He catches a 22-yard score from Tannehill as well. So that leaves everyone who streamed Anthony Ferkser with Jonu Smith out pissed. Still, Ferkser, 5 for 51. You can't be too upset about that. Other touchdown goes to Cameron Batson. He ends the day with three grabs, 14 yards in the score. Yes, indeed. And Michael Pruitt's second touchdown where he um, recovered effectively a fumble from A.J. Brown. Make sure that you're getting points for your offensive players that get tackles and recover fumbles like that because if you're not you're cheating yourself in terms of fancy scoring anyway now that i'm going to get off my soapbox on that idp mvp for this game is linebacker from the browns malcolm smith he had seven total tackles one tackle for loss one sack one forced fumble and one quarterback hit Malcolm Smith, former Super Bowl MVP, now getting the IDP MVP from NWB. We'll stick with Ohio, though, because we're going to travel to the Cincinnati Bengals at the Miami Dolphins in what should have been the battle between QB1 and QB2 from the 2020 draft. We should have been treated to smoking Joe Burrow versus Tua Tugavaloa. Instead, we get Brandon Allen versus Tua, and it is a snoozer all around. Good news, though, Tua is going to be a star, I promise you. Not impressive to look at, just the box score. Complete 66.7% of his 39 attempts. 296 yards, one touchdown pass that goes to Mike Gusecki. So Gusecki leads the way with nine grabs, 88 yards, and a score. Jakeem Grant, he gets two grabs with 42. Devontae Parker really disappoints to four grabs, 35 yards. So they need to get him a wide receiver one. I truly believe Preston Williams can be that wide receiver one, but Tua needs that. They need to elevate him. But in even better news, Miles Gaskin is the guy in the backfield in Miami. 23 touches, two of them receptions, 141 yards. The future looks bright in Miami, especially with that pick from the Houston Texans. Yeah, and another player to keep your eye on, I think, from this win uh, was Lynn Bowden Jr., uh, you know, the rookie who the Dolphins acquired via, I believe, trade from the Raiders. Uh, you know, I was kind of surprised the Raiders gave up on him so quickly. But, um, you know, he is a uh, just to refresh your memory. He is a former quarterback, running back, wide receiver, all around just inspector gadget kind of player from Kentucky. Uh, and today he caught four passes for 41 yards. He ran the ball once for 11 yards. I mean, obviously nobody played him and that's really nothing to write home about. But I think it's from a dynasty standpoint. 
you really need to keep him on your radar and just kind of see what the Dolphins do with him. Uh, and if you have a spot on your taxi squad or a roster spot in your dynasty league, I, I recommend grab him and stash him because, uh, you know, he's got a lot of upside and can do a lot on the field. And I think it would behoove the Dolphins to give Tua more weapons, including giving him uh, more Len Bowden to use. So no one played Brandon Allen for the Bengals, but he does go for 153 yards, a touchdown, and an interception. The TD does go to Tyler Boyd. He only has one reception, but it's a touchdown. It's a 72-yarder where Boyd does all of the work weaving through the defense on a long one. Unfortunately, though, this does mean T. Higgins snooze just 5 for 56. And the Crypt Keeper, A.J. Green, goose egg on one target. Gio Bernard, also useless, 14 touches, 29 yards, terrible. Drew Sample, though, it was nice to see him come back to life. Seven grabs, 49 yards. That's fun for the future. We have to enjoy that. But for now, since he is a nightmare without the Bengal King, Joe Burrow. Now, Jack, I'm going to have to stop you right there because, okay, I didn't play Brandon Allen in fantasy, but I did. He was profitable for me in a prop bet. Now, I know this shows backed by a company uh, that is in the world of prop bets, Monkey Mathite. Shout out to Monkey Mathite, by the way. Um... But just take to take you through this prop bet. I simply bet on Brandon Allen to score a TD and for Miami to win the game. It was paying fourteen times on a another betting site, which I'm not going to mention because they didn't pay me enough to mention it. But this is something to look out for on betting sites that offer props because we know there are games that are going to be blowouts, but that doesn't mean that a quarterback is going to get shut out. So consider a, a prop combination where the quarterback scores, yet they still lose the game and profit. Also, I just want to point out the IDP MVP. It's the linebacker from Miami, Kyle Van Noy, the former Patriot, had eight total tackles, three sacks, five tackles for loss, three quarterback hits, and a pass defended. The Brian Flores revolution is in full swing in Miami. There are some say that the reason that Brian Flores, and it's, it's not the only reason that they're, they don't want to take credit away from Brian Flores, but a big part of the success that he's having in Miami is getting Kyle Van Noy down there this year. And I can't say he's wrong, especially with what you just listed there. So in our next game, Las Vegas Raiders completely shellacked last week by the Falcons. Almost even more embarrassing this time, they almost lost to the New York Jets, almost handed them their first gate victory of the year. Five seconds away from it happening. It was absolutely ridiculous. Thankfully, though, Raiders do come away with the victory. Oh, and if you're a Jets fan, you've got to be happy, too, I mean, because the Jets almost screwed up their Trevor Lawrence sweepstakes. I mean, it's sitting there in front of them, and they almost gave it away. But thankfully, Henry Ruggs put them back in their place. Uh, I really think, honestly, Gase would be more likely to lose his job if they actually uh, won that game today uh, because now the tank will continue. You can keep Adam Gase in place until you can fire him in the offseason. Uh, uh, but this, I think, was a must-win, though, for the Raiders, who are still clearly fighting for a playoff spot, and a win here keeps them in that race. A loss here probably would have sunk their playoff hopes uh, dead in the water. So good, good all around for both teams. Yeah, and Gruden still got eight years on his contract, so like he's not in any danger of losing his job, but those eight years would have looked pretty long if they had caused the Jets to go 1-11. Instead, they're 0-12. A W's a W. Derek Carr throws for 381 yards. Three TDs does throw a pick, but over half of the production from this one 
goes to Darren Waller. Darren Waller, he is in the same tier as Travis Kelsey. It's completely undeniable. I just wish Derek Carr would drive faster, honestly, because if they just fed this man like they did today, good things would happen. 13 grabs, 200 receiving yards, and two touchdowns. Simply amazing from him. And thanks to that last second score, Henry Ruggs ends up with a stat line of three grabs, 84 yards, and a touchdown. Hunter Renfro, four grabs, 47 yards. Nelson Aguilar, Geeks, four grabs, 38 yards, despite 11 targets. So sorry for all of you who played them or played Nelson Aguilar. And sorry to all of you who played Devontae Booker. He was the leader with 16 touches, only 51 scoreless yards to show for it. Jalen Richard, he's irrelevant with five touches and 17 yards. Theo Riddick as well, four touches for nine. But just disappointing to see Booker not get that full workload. That's right. But the disappointment is offset by Darren Waller. That guy was immense. He bullied the safeties and whoever else uh, Greg Williams tried to throw him in coverage, he achieved 12 catches, 120 plus yards, and two touchdowns in a half of football. Just one half of football. For context, only Shannon Sharp of the Baltimore Ravens had achieved a similar feat, and that was in 2002. So keep that in mind. Yeah, unfortunately, we have to go from talking about an amazing performance, uh, you know, from Darren Waller to then talk about the Jets. And there's nobody in the Jets who we can we can talk. Uh, about so positively, uh, you know, but I think there are some, you know, in an almost win, there was some positives to take away. I think from a dynasty perspective, you might want to keep your eye on a player like Ty Johnson uh, to close out the season in dynasty. I mean, the backfield in New York is just an absolute mess. Um, but uh, Johnson was able to put up 104 yards on the ground today. He had a score as well. So pretty productive game, um, but most likely very few people played him. Um, he's only 23, and the Jets are just terrible at nearly every position. So at this point, they might as well just try out anybody. So it wouldn't surprise me if we got to see some more uh, Ty Johnson heavy games to close out the season, or if he kind of carves out a role for himself going forward. It's just something to kind of keep an eye on. It's annoying, too, because this was supposed to be what Michael P. Ryan was going to get. He was going to get the bell cow role to see if he could handle it. Instead, he gets hurt. Johnson does look fantastic in the gig while doing it. Another Detroit Lions cast off. Have to love that. So Josh Adams as well. Chips in for 74 yards on, on eight carries. Frank Gore just one carry for two yards on the day. That was pretty surprising. And Sam Darnold, he started hot. And, of course, he fizzles at the end. Com ends up with just 60.8% completion on 23 attempts, 186 yards, two touchdowns, and a pick. Both those TDs went to Crowder early in the game, and then it completely died off. Crowder gets five grabs, 47 yards, and the two touchdowns. Denzel Mims, unfortunately, two receptions for 40 yards. Rashad Perriman, just one grab for 22. Still, though, Trevor Lawrence, Denzel Mims, Ty Johnson, it's a start. Yes, indeed. And I should as add as a footnote, the father time might be catching up with Frank Gore because he left the game with a concussion and this this could be it for his career. Anyway, hopefully he comes back because you like to see the grand old man rushing each week. Well, at least I do as a Niners fan. Anyway, I was able to get some positives out of this game. And once again, I cashed in on the Jets' misery because I used a prop which involved Sam Donald scoring a touchdown and Vegas getting the win that was paying double digits on another betting website. So, people, I need you to look out for this prop. Go to Monkey Night Fight and check out your props because there's some good value out there. 
Also, IDP MVP for this game is defensive end Cleland Ferrell. I know Jack's going to like these stats. He has six total tackles on the day, two sacks, three forced fumbles, three quarterback hits, and one pass defended. He is making good in Vegas. And I am so happy about that because I did start him in one of my IDP leagues. So we're going to take a break now as we close out the afternoon slate, head into the evening slate. So join us right after this message. Our friends at Monkey Knife Fight combine the fun and excitement of Vegas with DFS to make the ultimate daily fantasy prop game. That's right. And there are three ways for you to play. Stat shootout, rapid fire, and more or less. Stat Shootout, you put together a two or three player team that will accumulate the most of whatever stat you've chosen to play. Touchdowns, total yards, receptions, etc. Then you choose one of three target goals for that stat. If your team exceeds your chosen goal, you'll win. And the higher the target goal, the more you win. So if I choose a three-man team for touchdowns, I can set the target at one and a half touchdowns to pay out one and a half times the entry fee. Or I can go big with a target of three and a half touchdowns to pay out 15 times the entry fee. Obviously, you gotta go big or go home. Then we've got Rapid Fire, where you select your team by choosing the highest scoring player in multiple head-to-head matchups of statistical categories, like who has more receptions this week, Julio or Devontae Adams. Each contest will tell you how many matchups you need to get right in order to win. But like we said, the higher risk, the higher the reward. Yep. I only need to get two out of three matchups right, and I win 1.5 times my entry. But then, when I go all in, and I can get five out of five, I'm looking at 15 times the payout. I can buy a lot of Josh Jacobs jerseys with that money. You sure can. Finally, there's more or less. Depending on the contest, you'll be given two to six players and their statistic target for that game, like Austin Eckler with over under four and a half receptions against the Raiders. You have to decide if that player is going to get more or less than that target number. Just like the others, more or less increases the payout the more risk you take. However, it offers the highest return. You can go two for two and get 1.5 times the payout, or you've got the nerve. You can attempt to go six for six and hit 30 times the payout. So many Josh Jacobs jerseys. Well, the only thing better than winning money from Monkey Knife Fight is getting money from Monkey Knife Fight for free. I do love free. Just go to Monkey Knife Fight to sign up for a free account. When you make your first deposit, use promo code NONSENSE and Monkey Knife Fight will match your deposit up to $50. This is literally playing with house money, guys. Go sign up on Monkey Knife Fight with the promo code NONSENSE and get in on the action this weekend. And we are back with a tale as old as time, a song as old as rhyme. It's not Beauty and the Beast, it's Bill Belichick causing yet another young quarterback to see ghosts in one of the more lopsided coaching matchups of the week. Chargers are shut down 45 to nothing. Speaking of bets, if you can, if it's on Monkey Knife Fight, I don't care where you got to go, but go ahead and bet Bill Belichick as coach of the year right now. I know that sounds weird for a team that's 6-6, six and six, but this is his masterpiece season. He is just game planning and shutting down some of the best up-and-coming quarterbacks. You know, he is, he is outgamed. Uh, now it's Justin Herbert on his wall, the pelt on his wall. Kyler Murray the week before 
Lamar Jackson. He's stymied Patrick Mahomes this season. I mean, right now, they're only one game away from between them and the Bucs as far as their records go. And the Bucs, I think, clearly have the more talented team right now. But Bill is just working wonders right now. He gets the Rams next, and he absolutely owns the Rams. I don't care if they have Tom Brady or not. He owns Sean McVay. They have the Dolphins and the Bills and the Jets. This is a perfect opportunity for Bill to say, not so fast. This is still my division, my house. We're still in the playoff hunt. I can't believe it. This is just absolutely crazy how how much of a statement win this was. So I do have to disagree with you. I think it's going to be Kevin Stefanski if the Browns win, make it to the playoffs. I think he's going to win coach of the year, but you're right. Belichick deserves it. It's pure brilliance by him. The coaching disparity between him and Anthony Lynn probably was the biggest on the weekend. Belichick puts on a coaching clinic. Herbert is held to just 49% of his 53 attempts completed, only 209 yards, no scores, two picks, and so this meant everyone struggled. Keenan Allen, five receptions, 48 yards on 11 targets. Mike Williams, he gets four for 43 on nine targets. Jalen Guyton, only two grabs for 38 yards on seven targets. And then we get Austin Eckler, he gets 12 touches for 68 yards. Kalen Balazs, who relegated Joshua Kelly to pretty much nothing, he gets 10 yards for 39 yards. What a day. As for the Patriots, though, Cam Newton is Superman. He runs for 48 yards and two tutters, only 69 yards passing, but that's because they were up so much and they were dominating throughout the day. He also has a passing TD, though, that goes to Nikhil Harry. Harry, two grabs for 15 yards and the score. And then Jarrett Stidham comes in to ice the game. He completes two of three, 61 yards, and a 38-yard score to Gunnar Olszewski, who also had a punt return. Beautiful day from him, although slow days from Jacoby Myers and Demir Bird. Two receptions, 15 yards from both of them. Damian Harris, though, he continues to dominate. 17 touches, 95 yards. Unfortunately, though, because this game was so out of hand, Sony Michelle gets in the game. 11 touches, 57 yards in pure garbage time cleanup. Perhaps we'll see Sony Michelle in Miami in time. Anyway, uh, that's just my take on things. IDP MVP for this game was linebacker Kenneth Murray from the Chargers. The rookie had 14 total tackles as he tried to stop the Patriots' rush. He had one sack, one quarterback hit, and two tackles for loss. And so we go from a battle of outmatched coaches to a quarterback who was completely outmatched and outclassed in Carson Wentz as he and the Eagles traveled to Green Bay. So Carson completes just 6 of 15 for 79 yards, adds 18 yards rushing, before ultimately getting benched in the 30-16 to 16 loss to the Packers. Jalen Hurts comes in, nothing special, he goes 12, 5 of 12, 109 yards and a touchdown pass, also has a pick, but that was a spark at least, and we can't say we ever saw a spark out of Carson Wentz. So can I get a boomer sooner for the Eagles' new starting quarterback? Yes, you can. Boomer freaking Sooner. Hurt season is officially begun. Uh, Boomer Sooner all the way. We got Baker, we got Kyler, and now Jalen. I can't wait to see Spencer Rattler join in a few years, but we'll save that for later. I really want to see if the Eagles have the wherewithal to stick with this move. Do they have the stones to keep Hurts in? They are still in this division. So really, I think they need a shot in the arm like Jalen Hurts. Uh, to maybe pull out 
uh, a, you know, a division win because it's still up in the air. This team can salvage their season despite how atrocious they've looked all year long. I do have some bad news, however. Doug Peterson, for some reason, will not co- – <clears throat> sorry, I, I'm getting choked up because I'm so angry. Doug Peterson will not commit to a starter for next week. He says he needs to evaluate injuries and tape before he decides. So I wonder who will get to coach Jalen Hurts next year because clearly that's the only answer. Carson Wentz is not offering you anything. So it's an uninspiring day from the Eagles in fantasy, of course. Dallas Goddard, he is still amazing, but he struggles. Five receptions, 66 yards. Still a good tight end line, I guess. Greg Ward, three receptions, 57 yards, and he is the one to catch the touchdown pass. Jalen Rager, just one reception for 34 yards, but he does have a 74-yard punt return TD. So at least we know he's a baller, even if Doug Peterson and the Eagles, oh, just can't figure out how to get him going. Zach Ertz, he made his return in this one. He catches two for 31. Miles Sanders, he also has just 31 yards. Jordan Howard gets in the game for 19 yards. Boston Scott gets in the game for nine. Ugly, ugly, ugly in Philadelphia. For the 11th time in 12 games, Aaron Rodgers throws multiple touchdown passes. This time he goes for 295 yards and three touchdowns, which of course, we're not surprised at all by this one. 10 grabs, 121 yards, and two scores from Devontae Adams, the best wide receiver in the NFL. Other TD pass goes to Big Bobby Tunyon. He gets four receptions, 39 yards, and that score. Alan Lazard, four for 50. And then Marquez Valdez-Scantling with the goose egg. He, I think he had a drop or two because that's just what he does. So anyways, with the Packers up, Aaron Jones gets to grind out the clock 18 touches, three of which were receptions, 148 yards, and a rushing score as the triple-A combo of Aaron. Aaron and Adams guide people to the playoffs. Yes, indeed. Triple-A reminds me of the um, the people that come to fix your car, and Aaron Rodgers is coming to fix a lot of fancy teams as the playoffs are on the horizon. Nevertheless, a player to look out for on the Packers side of things on the de- defense is IDP MVP defensive end Kingsley Kiki. He had four tackles, two sacks, two tackles for loss, and two quarterback hits. Now Kiki is he has been a rotational piece in Mike Pettine's defensive line, but he's definitely a name to look out for with the playoffs on the horizon. And we go to our next one and This one is just completely out of this world shocking. So with Daniel Jones on the shelf with the hamstring injury he suffered last week, the New York Giants turn to Colt McCoy looking for him to outduel Russell Wilson. And somehow he does it as the Giants come away with the 17-12 victory over the Seattle Seahawks. Who would have thought? I certainly not would not have thought that a uh, dreadful day for Russell Wilson and the Seahawks. I mean, he passed for 263 yards. Threw for a touchdown, had 45 yards on the ground, but he also had a pick and a fumble, so that's a that's a bummer from a fantasy standpoint. Um, and this was a game though the Seahawks really needed from a playoff standpoint. I mean, they're still in the hunt, or were still in the hunt for that number one seed. But um, you know, it just kind of feels like every week there's a game that will just leave you scratching your head. And I think this is the game uh, for this week. Last week it was Atlanta over Vegas. I think this week it's the Giants over Seattle, which is. Uh, yeah, yet again, I'm still just puzzled by this one. Puzzling, to say the least. 
ugly day from Seattle all around. So Metcalf, of course, he's pretty great still. Five receptions for 80 yards. You can't stop him completely. Tyler Lockett, six for 63. But the touchdown pass goes to Chris Carson. He has 110 yards on 16 touches. But after the game, Pete Carroll comes out and says that Carson isn't fully healthy. So you hate to see that. You hate to see it from Seattle in general. But it's not like the Giants were any less ugly. It was just a great team victory. So Colt McCoy barely completes 50% of his passes, only 105 yards, has a pick. Has a, uh, yeah, has a pick. Kills all the pass catchers. Evan Engram, four receptions for 32 yards. Golden Tate, four for 30. Sterling Shepard, only one reception for 22 yards. Darius Slayton only hauls in one for 44. Or, sorry, one for 14. I wish it was 44. Terrible. So, of course, this is 2020. Colt McCoy has a touchdown pass. Six-yarder goes to Alfred Morris? Not only that, Morris gets a rushing score as well? Is this 2012 or something? I don't know. This is wild. Nine touches, 45 yards, two touchdowns for Alfred Morris. And you really have to feel bad for Wayne Goldman because he did literally all of the work for the Giants in this one. He should have got the touchdown at least. He deserved it. 16 carries, 135 yards from Goldman, only to be vultured twice by Alfred Morris. Alfred Morris vulturing touchdowns is nothing new, gentlemen. He's been doing it for years. <laughs> Nevertheless, he carried the Giants to a very, very good win. And don't look now, but the New York football Giants are leading the NFC East. I mean, least. They're a clear game ahead of Philadelphia, who had tied, but they lost. So... This could be the Giants in the postseason hosting a game in January. One of the key components for their victory today and in recent weeks has been their defense. IDP MVP for this game is defensive end Leonard Williams. Leonard Williams went after Russell Wilson today. He was in the backfield early and often. He had three total tackles, two and a half sacks, five quarterback hits, and two tackles for loss. Now I want to point something out here because Leonard Williams got to Wilson often today. AJ Klein got to Wilson often last week from Buffalo. The Seattle offensive line isn't as robust as we might think it is. If teams get to Wilson early, they, they give the advantage to their team, and it's good for IDP. So if you have a pass rusher that is a guy that can make big plays, consider starting them against Russ Wilson and the Seahawks. And this loss by Seattle makes things interesting in the NFC West and brings us to the main event of the afternoon slate where we watched boy wonder Sean McVay and his discount Ryan Gosling face off with boy wonder Cliff Kingsbury and the angry toddler Kyler Murray. And Sean McVay extended his record to an astounding 31-0 when he leads at halftime. So if you're into prop, bet, prop bets during the game, I would probably take any game that the Rams have the lead at half for them to come up with a victory. They end up winning 38-28 to over the rival Arizona Cardinals. This really felt like a, a loser leaves town match for the playoffs. You know, uh, the Cardinals have been in somewhat of a tailspin this last month. And right now, you know, they're one uh, DeAndre Hopkins, Hale Murray away from being six and seven. Um, and all of a sudden, I think some of that Kyler Murray MVP hype that I was really feeling has become rather deflated. 
Um, the Rams, I think, with this win, this is huge. They can still win this division potentially with the Seahawks kind of pooping the bed today. Uh, and I think that puts the Rams still in maybe as a dark horse in that conversation to maybe sneak out, you know, one of the, you know, that top seed if things were to fall the right way. I mean, they, a lot would have to happen, but just one game changes a whole lot of destinies for a number of teams. And, and so I think you're right to put this one in the main event, Jack. And it does end up being a pretty great day from our discount Gosling as Jared Goff throws for 351 yards. You know, maybe if you've seen a member of the Titans, liability at corner Ryan Gosling, maybe they should have put him at quarterback. I don't know. Sadly, though, just one touchdown pass from Goff. But he does score a rushing TD as well. You really don't see that often. So I guess we can't complain too much. Robert Woods, 10 receptions for 85 yards. Cooper Cup gets 8 receptions, 73 yards. And then Gerald Everett comes in with 6 for 44. They all impress. But it's Tyler Higby who gets a touchdown to go with his 4 receptions and 40, or 24 yards. We do have fantastic news, though, for all of you Cam Akers GMs out, GMs out there. As he is who Sean McVay thought he was 22 touches, 94 yards, and a touchdown from the rookie out of Florida State. Darrell Henderson is the change of pace back. Five touches, two of them receptions, 74 yards. And then Malcolm Brown, he gets negative three yards rushing, but he does break a 30-yard reception as well. Tyler Murray, though, he does have three passing TDs on just 173 yards. That's nice, but only five carries for 15 yards in the loss. Also has the pick. Also fumbles twice, one of which he loses. So this Cardinals offense... Dan Arnold today. The tight end enjoyed two red zone touchdowns. I, I didn't start him myself, but I'm trusting him as a look after DeAndre Hopkins in the red zone. And you should too. You gotta love that call from you to start the season. The Dan Arnold breakout is happening. Two receptions, 61 yards, and two scores. DeAndre Hopkins, of course, he goes for eight receptions, 52 yards, and a touchdown. And then Keyshawn Johnson ends up being the third option in this one. Weird enough, four grabs, 27 yards. Andy Isabella, only two receptions for seven yards. Christian Kirk, only one reception for two yards. Disappointing as can be. Kenyon Drake disappoints as well, only 58 yards on his 12 touches. Thankfully, he's bailed out by a rushing score, though. Chase Edmonds, eight touches for just 43 yards. Not a great day for Arizona, and they got to share the stadium with the 49ers now. Anyway, that's going to be interesting to watch in the next few weeks. The IDP MVP for this game is cornerback from the Rams, Troy Hill. Now, Hill had four total tackles on the day, two passes defended, one interception which he returned for a touchdown, and some yardage on that return. Now, Hill is the guy that plays opposite Jalen Ramsey, so he tends to get a lot more work because quarterbacks try and avoid Ramsey, who's as rotation as the the shadow, the island, the shutdown corner. But he makes plays. He made plays on Monday night a couple weeks ago against Tom Brady, and he can be reliable in 90p. And that will wrap up all our coverage from the Sunday afternoon and evening slates. As it stands, we are currently at halftime of the Sunday night football battle between the AFC West rivals. And shockingly enough, the Kansas City Chiefs currently trail 10-9 to the Denver Broncos. I can't believe it. Wild, wild news. Melvin Gordon, 105 yards rushing on nine carries in the first half. Drew Locke with a five-yard TD to Tim Patrick. What is happening? I don't know. But at the same time, Mahomes is going to throw four touchdowns in the second half. It's not going to matter anyways. 
That's going to do it from us here on the Important Nonsense Podcast. The good news is, though, it's not going to do it for Week 13, as we have a Monday doubleheader starring the Washington football team versus the Pittsburgh Steelers and ending with the Buffalo Bills versus the San Francisco 49ers. And not only that, we also get the return of Tuesday Night Football as we get to watch Des Bryant face off against his former team as the Dallas Cowboys head to Baltimore to face off against the Ravens. So with two more days of football, three more games of glorious NFL action, John, do you have any bold predictions or parting words for all our friends out there that are clinging to their fantasy playoff hopes? Yeah, Jack, obviously you mentioned we have three games between now and Tuesday. So really, hey, that's three chances to win your fantasy leagues. That's three chances to maybe win some money if you are so inclined to do so. Uh, The Steelers, six and a half point road favorites in Washington. I say go with the Steelers there. The 49ers are uh, are one point favorite uh, point favorite at home to Buffalo. I think Buffalo is the better team. And the 49ers aren't even really playing at home. Like Nee mentioned earlier, they're playing in Arizona. So it's not even really a home game. So I say take Buffalo all day. You get the Cowboys at the Ravens. Ravens are eight and a half point favorites at home. Lamar should be back. This is a must win for the Ravens. I like them to win and cover. If you're feeling really froggy, maybe you can tease that Ravens number down, get the bills up to a pick them. But again, that's just if you're a degenerate uh, and want to have a little fun. And that's really all I have to say about that. Just be good. Be safe. Don't hurt anyone. Don't let anyone hurt you. Be sure to follow John on Twitter at DynastyPhD and on Instagram at Scouser underscore from underscore OKC. Because even if you are out of the playoffs in your redraft leagues, Dynasty season never ends. So follow the doctor and start a Dynasty League. But before you do, make sure you're also following at the real NWB as well. Because whether it's IDP, Dynasty, Seasonal, Nee has the info that you need. So on that note, Nee, what can you leave us with today that we can carry with us through these next three games and hopefully into the fantasy playoffs? Thanks, Jack. It's a pleasure as always to be with you and the Doctor. I just want to say this. If you're in the fantasy playoffs, congratulations, because it takes a little bit of luck to get to the postseason, and it takes even more luck to get to the final week and to win it all. So now, more than ever, we need to be monitoring reports during the week and keeping our rosters optimal. Because there could be another Kiki Kuti or another Ty Johnson coming up through the ranks who we can pick up off waivers for nothing, and they can bring us to the title promised land. Also, if you need last-minute help to get into the postseason this week, week 13, consider Cameron Curl from Washington as safety in IDP, and also Dallas tight end Dalton Schultz. These guys are expected to be productive in the next coming couple of days, Monday and Tuesday, and you should be profit- profiting in fantasy. As always, remember to mask up, wash your hands, and be good to each other. It's a pleasure, as always, to get to talk football with you, my friend, and it's an honor to get to host this podcast each and every Sunday. I've been your host at Javanaugh87, Jack Cavanaugh, and you can find all the fantabulous work that me, John, myself, and a slew of other talented individuals produce on the daily over at importantnonsense.com and on all the socials at NonsenseFF. Tune in later this week to the Big Boss Show starring at Nonsense underscore Steve and at Nonsense underscore Neil as they help you sit get set to keep up the nonsense in round one of the playoffs. So until then, stay safe, wear a mask, and most importantly, take care of yourself because you are awesome and you deserve it. Music for this podcast is provided by Lee Rosevere. 
I'm Tim Kitra from NBA Jam and NFL Blitz, and you can find all the guys at importantnonsense.com. Kaboom!